Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey, everybody. It is Eric J. Olson for another live episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. On this podcast series, we interview America's top managing partners to find out how they started their firms if they're the founder, how they're growing their firms, and how they are keeping their case pipeline full. Today, I have with me from Pennsylvania, Jim Ruggiero. Did I get it? You got it. Good afternoon. We had to practice that last name. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Uh, Jim has more than 30 years of legal experience serving residents of Chester County, Pennsylvania. His practice focuses on estate planning, elder law, business law, and real estate. Once again, thanks for joining us and welcome to the Managing Partners Podcast. Eric, thank you very much for having me on your show today. I'm really looking forward to uh, talking with your audience. Oh, cool. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, If you would, tell us a little bit more about yourself and the firm. Well, thank you. I was lucky enough to start my law practice in 1990. I was dumb enough to start my law practice in 1990. I had just graduated from law school, single, not married yet. So I thought I'd give it a whirl. And now I have the luxury of looking back and saying, wow, I had a good idea 31 years ago. And I'm blessed, truly, because I get to work for myself. And I had two grandfathers who worked for themselves. So I consider myself an entrepreneur who practices law who's got a business that provides legal services to the public. And our firm is family owned and operated. I have had my children work in the firm before they went off to college. And my wife has worked with me uh, for the last uh, decade. So it's small law with a small L. It's not big law that you see on TV. We work with the people next door. We work with our neighbors. We work with the people in the you know town we live in. So over the years, things have evolved in what we do as a firm. And so it started out as a general practice law firm. Today, my focus and concentration is on estate planning. And offshoot of that is estate administration, trust administration, elder law, because we're all getting older. Hey, speak for yourself. Estate. I understand, you know, 21 again, right? Or uh, 29 again. The practices that we help the public with are more collaborative with our clients versus confrontational and handling litigation with opposing parties. Sometimes that's part of what we do. I like to tell people I'm a problem solver. I don't know what problem you're going to have when you come in. You might not know what problem you have when you come in to see us. So our practice involves doing a good bit of homework before you come see us so that you give us information so that we can you know, get a sense of your family and we're able to talk to you and discover what we think you should be talking about in addition to the concerns that drive you to come see us. So we have uh, right now another senior partner in the firm. We usually have another associate, blessed to have a second office up in Center Valley. So we serve not only the Delaware Valley, but the Lehigh Valley over the last decade plus in the Lehigh Valley, but 31 years in Delaware Valley. So we have a diverse set of clients, a diverse set of issues that we help people with. 
Well, congratulations on 31 years in business. That is not easy to do. You've seen a lot of uh, different economies, cultures that have changed in the United States. I mean, uh, it's, you know, as, as a fellow business owner, I, I know it can be incredibly frustrating at times. So 31 years is very impressive. I'm definitely impressed. You, you, you've done very well there. You mentioned starting off as a general practitioner, and that is something that has come up in other interviews on the Managing Partners podcast, is that a lot of the people that we interview start off as general practitioners and then found their way into either one practice area or a practice, a main practice area with a couple of offshoots that are very tightly related. Have you, over time, changed niches from where you're at now? Or was it general to what you're doing now? So I had the help of a business advisor. I wrote a business plan in the 90s that I said I wanted to manage and run a boutique trust and estate firm and followed that blueprint. And here we are today. So it evolved because I didn't know I was going to become all those letters after my name. Esquire means I became a lawyer. My seventh grade yearbook says goal in life, be an attorney. Blame that on my mom. She was a legal secretary for a judge. So I grew up around the courthouse. AEP stands for accredited estate planner and EPLS stands for estate planning law specialist. My brain works in a way that I love to do planning, but that was an evolution. It was not something that necessarily, I certainly did not know that when I got out of law school, but yeah. I discovered the niche that is estate planning in 1994, from the perspective of my wife gave me a book called Stocks for the Long Run. And I read about the wealth transfer that was going to occur as the greatest generation transferred their wealth to the baby boomers. And it stuck on me that this is nice work to do, helping families transition wealth from one generation to another on an estate planning side and help them keep as much of their hard earned money as possible. So, you know, and I use a small W there for wealth, not a large W. We're working with the middle class primarily in our planning. So it evolved. The term elder law did not exist when I started practicing law. I know I'm a dinosaur. By the way, fax machines did not exist when I started practicing law. That's how long it's been going on when you start to say, looking at all the changes. Now we've gone from the attack fax to the attack email to the attack text. And this is why I like planning and helping with administration versus just full-blown, you know, contact sports that litigation can be. That's great. So how we get different clients, I think, is something that your audience wants to know as a managing partner. What different ways do we get new clients? How has that evolved? Yeah. 30 years ago, it was place an ad in the yellow pages. Okay. Today, it's a broad, you know, swath of direct marketing to the public using webinars ourselves, presenting out in public, doing public speaking, writing, advertising and print publications. You know, the best way we get new clients today prior to the pandemic was referrals from existing clients, referrals from existing advisors and other disciplines that we work with through the estate planning councils. But today, the world is coming to us through the World Wide Web. The internet is how we're getting new clients primarily. And I would tell you, before the pandemic, 20% of our clients came through our internet marketing efforts. Today, 80% of our clients come through internet marketing efforts. That See, to me, that that's incredibly interesting because 
when it comes to the internet world, it doesn't feel like anything has changed for me. We always did video calls before the pandemic and whatnot. We were, I, I guess, you know, we've kind of had this ingrained in us individually at, at our agency and then also at the agency itself. So I'm, I'm actually quite surprised to hear you say that it has changed that drastically as a result of the pandemic. So when the pandemic first started, did you see, you know, a drop in the demand and then you had to adapt to, to the changing environment and getting leads digitally? Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. So we saw an increase in demand for our state planning services as a result of the raging pandemic because people were worried about death and dying and took it more seriously. Lots of times, I have a tough job. I've got to talk about death and taxes. So two topics that people really don't like to spend a lot of time thinking about. We know people spend more time planning the average vacation than they do their estate plan. Sorry, an opportunity that was going to come about from the lockdown. And we doubled down on our marketing efforts through the internet. And actually we made a 10x increase in our spend in internet advertising and search engine optimization because no one was going to be traveling around talking to their neighbors going out in public seeing people in their normal channels that they normally do to get referrals and recommendations so i knew they'd have to go do a google search is that something that you concluded fairly quickly into the pandemic yes right at the outset I have to pat myself on the back for that one because I'm like, the world is about to change and I don't know how it's going to change, but I can make a couple educated guesses. And we made a few moves during the pandemic that were very good for our firm and our family. That's incredible that you, that you saw that coming because it took the rest of the world many, many months to figure out what they were going to do, never mind actually do it. So the fact that you respond, that you saw it, analyze it and respond very quickly. That's incredible. And like, I'm sure that's not the first time that you've done something like that. That's why firms stay in business for 31 plus years, right? Because you took quick action and you saw the opportunity. It was a totally fear-based response though. I was so scared. I'm like, I have to do something because I got shut down and sent home. And I went to my office every day for five, six days a week, met people in person every day for 30 years and all that got cut off. Wow. So I'm like, oh my God, what can I do? And that was the only solution that I saw that was going to help us stay alive. I didn't know whether it was going to work or not. I didn't know what was going to happen. And I have to tell you that the results far exceeded my wildest dreams. We were able to stay open, grow, add staff, and position ourselves for the future. Are things changing back to the old normal when it comes to in-person events, referrals, things like that? So things are changing back to normal with regards to in-person events. We are a relationship business. So people want to sit in a meeting room face-to-face. And so I feel better that I'm back face-to-face with my clients. But we're still doing now video calls as we learn we can do a lot of work through video. And you know, some of it is more beneficial in my opinion. So things that we 
changed aren't necessarily changing back and that's a good thing we're doing a lot more things digitally than we would using the u.s mail as an example and we are still seeing the results from the changes in our marketing stand up and i think the in-person connection hasn't come back yet because the pandemic's still going on and people are still leery of things we're not doing those in-person events yet well congratulations on seeing that if there was one thing that you could change about your marketing, let me restate it, actually. What is one thing that is working well for you right now? And what is one thing that has not worked well that you stopped doing? Like you said before, the yellow pages stopped working, but that's that was probably many years ago. Uh, how about something more recent, something that didn't work that you stopped doing and then something that is working very well for you right now? So I will tell you that using a chat feature in the nature of what we do, has not worked very well, that we really can't use an automated chat feature that a lot of businesses try and provide. What has worked well is going to a live answering system that screens the calls through our search engine optimization and then gets it to us, that we are able to use some folks out of the office to do the initial calls and inquiries that come into our website. So rather than my staff being bogged down with the initial inquiries, we've got external staff that are able to take that and then get it to us. And that has helped with our success, in my opinion. That is working really well because we always sat by the phone nine to five and waited for the calls and had a 24-hour answering service that went and reached out to us. Now we have live individuals take the calls for us that know enough about us that are able to you know, help screen the calls and get them to the right person. What what kind of uh, screening are you doing? This is a qualifying potential clients, right? So yes, we are questioning them about the area of law that they're calling about. We're getting into details about the geography. Where are they calling from? What I will tell you what has changed since the pandemic is we get calls from all over the United States for local problems in the Delaware Valley and the Lehigh Valley, where before we would have local calls with regards to local problems. So I've got clients from France. I've got clients, you know, in all different states. I've got people that reach out because of the World Wide Web. They can locate us from anywhere in the world. So, you know, we have to make sure it's the right practice here because we don't do general civil litigation. We're not handling criminal defense work. We don't handle random things. I like to say I'm a recovering litigator, only happens in orphan's court. I'm staying out of the courthouse and the courthouses were shut down. My friends who were the litigators really were hurt hard with the pandemic. Definitely. When someone calls in or they submit a form for you, at some point, you know, it, it gets to you or your staff and there's prospective client that, that you start interacting with. There's usually this period of time between then and when they become a client and you start working with them. What are you using to to track those prospective clients? Like what tools in particular are you using? So we have a CRM called Daylight, which is Mac-based. So perhaps it's equivalent to Salesforce and Clio for lawyers. When the call comes in, we get an email. Then our director of marketing reaches out and will set up a call with the prospective client. And it'll either be an initial 15-minute call or it'll be a lengthy initial consultation. So depending on the nature of it, we'll know how much time to calendar for that. And from there, we open up an electronic file in daylight. We create a prospect file. And so it tracks the client, potential 
issue, time they called, when the next call up is, and when we have that phone call or that video conference or that in-person meeting, then we've either won the opportunity or lost the opportunity. And we track the wins and the losses. And I hate to lose. So from there, we go on, assuming we've won the opportunity, then it gets, you know, the physical file gets open and engagement letters created and shipped out electronically. And we used to send them all out by the U.S. mail. We don't. So our onboarding time has been narrowed greatly to the Internet and technology where we realize that we can have initial consults over the Internet. And then that next day, within 24 hours, we can get out an engagement letter and an invoice to a client where they can go to our website and pay electronically by a check or credit card. That never happened pre-internet. For 30 years, we only took checks because I didn't like to pay 3% to Mr. Visa and, right. you know, and Mrs. MasterCard. But at the end of right. the day, you just have to you know, capitulate to the system as the world is all cloud-based. Today. Yeah, so, we were talking about that a little before we started to record. With Without the internet, you can't do a whole lot with these computers anymore, can you? No, we cannot. So that's why having people go to our website at www.payolilaw.com is so important so they can get that information on how to reach us electronically through, uh, you know, our form on our website or call us directly. And we love to talk. You know, the best way for me to connect with a viewer is to have them contact our office by phone and set up a call by a video or phone with Jim or an in-person meeting, because at the end of the day, You've got to meet me. You've got to decide I like Jim and we've got to decide we can have a good relationship together because it's about working together with our clients. So there's a trust factor that is gigantic. And, you know, people hire lawyers because they want them to do a good job, but they have to tell them, you know, confidential information. And it's hard to break the ice sometimes. But once it's there, you know, I've got clients for 31 years today, I'm proud to say that we like to keep our relationships going for a long time. That's really impressive. Well, congratulations on 31 years in business. Thank you for being our guest. All right, everybody, if you would like to check out more episodes like this, you can see our entire backlog of about 150 episodes at this point at ArrayLaw.com slash podcast. And if you are a managing partner looking to improve your digital marketing, that's what my company, Array Digital, does. You can find out more about our website, SEO, online advertising, and social media services at ArrayLaw.com. Jim, appreciate it. Thank you for your time today. Appreciate it as well. And everyone can check out us out on the web or use their cell phone to actually make a phone call, 610-889-0288 as our main number. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Bye, Jim.